1: Hello and welcome to the All Stats Aren't We review of the Manchester City home game and the Newcastle away game. I'm Darren Driver and I'm here remixing the same stuff I've been saying all season and hoping you don't notice. And I'm here with Martin Riley. Martin, I hope you're feeling more positive about the season resuming than I am. Are you, Martin? Uh,
2: I wish I could say that was the truth, Um, but no... uh, the, I'm not feeling very positive about things after Yesterday's forms, performance, but we'll get into the SA's performance quite soon.
1: We will. We will indeed get into that. And Martin, it's been about six weeks since we last spoke in person uh, because of the World Cup and, um, and the Christmas uh, and all that. So how have you been keeping generally over that time?
2: Oh uh, well I quite enjoyed the World Cup actually um I, I was a bit uninfused about it before it started but It was actually a load of fun. Mm. Um, Got to see Messi win a World Cup, which was just absolutely delightful. I love the man. Mm -hmm. And just lots of other teams just playing nice football. It was a change to actually watch nice football. Mm. (laughs) And then Christmas itself um, had a very hectic time. Less hectic than normal, though, because it was just my family at the house and my sisters and my mum and everyone didn't come over this Christmas. We did our own separate little things. How about you? How was your oh, Christmas oh, World Cup?
1: Yeah, well I didn't watch the World Cup because I I decided to boycott for reasons, um, which which will get criticised for being political if I say what they are, but you can probably imagine what they might be. Um and uh so it was a nice nice break, actually. Although um I I was a bit sad about missing out on on seeing Messi win the World Cup, but those, those are the choices you make in life, right? Um, and Christmas was, yeah, I mean, when you say your Christmas was relaxed because it was just your family, you've got like 400 children, haven't you? So that, it can't have been that relaxing. Uh, well, com- compared to the normal where, because my, my sister
2: has three kids, okay. my brother has two, has two kids. So um, one Christmas I was cooking for about, Fifteen people, I think. Oh God, no. so so cooking for fifteen people to go into cooking for uh, six wasn't as bad. Mm. So mm. <laughs> I can't complain too uh, much. It was yeah. a lot, a lot more relaxed.
1: Oh uh, well, good. I, I had a really relaxed Christmas with uh, me, me, Lauren, and 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 Evan at various points. So it was. It was all good. Very, very chilled out. Um, And then it was ruined by the resumption of the football season, um, which we will do a quick game summary of um, the resumption game against Manchester City now. So here we go. Manchester City did Manchester City things like moving the opponent around, creating space, making the pitch big, giving the ball to each other and creating dangerous situations. Some of the things that we used to do back uh, once upon a time, anyway. Um, Leeds tried to stodge it up off the ball in central areas. Um, and and when we had the ball, well, I'm not really sure what it was that we were trying to do in those situations. And maybe we'll try and unpick that a little bit as we go on. Um, City made big chances at regular intervals and it was only a matter of time until they scored. Um, the first goal um, from just before half-time came from a quick transition um, after a rare... Uh, Leeds visit to the City half um they managed to catch us completely unbalanced um the one time we didn't have a stodgy rest defense in place um and the second goal came from a Leeds error in build up with uh, Liam Cooper passing to Robin cock and and Jack Grealish and um, counter pressing very quickly and to be honest I've got no idea what happened for the third goal as I'd lost interest by then and didn't write it down um <laughs> after that Pascal Strouk, one of the few bright spots of the season, scored from a corner. And then jo- Joffe missed a half-decent but overrated chance, the end. Um, and then Jesse Marsh hugged um, Erling Haaland, which annoyed some people. But personally, I'm more annoyed by what his team does on the pitch than him speaking to a former player that he used to manage on the pitch. But you uh, do you. Uh, so that that was pretty much the, the game. Um and now we'll move into the interrogation, where we try and unpick some of my sarcastic comments from the from that uh, from the quick game summary, and uh, try and see if we can actually make some sense of what happened. Okay, so here we go. Question one of the interrogation, Martin. You uh, have been saying, and you said in an article um, recently uh, that that Jesse Marsh has moved Leeds United to something looks more like a four three three, particularly off the ball. Um and I think we saw that quite clearly last night, two quite flat lines of three when City were in possession. Um and we'll talk about what it moved to on the ball later, but but in terms of the four three three off the ball and in, in in defensive situations and in pressing situations, what, why and how did we do it?
2: Well, I think we've, we've been moving to it for a while now, but I don't think it's been quite as obvious in other games that we've recently had, possibly because Man City was so dominant with the ball. So the off ball structure was on display a lot more than against other teams that we may have played. Um, so it's because I think they had like something like 69, 70% of the possession. So yeah, um, we didn't have much chance to show our, on the ball structure. But yeah, the, in my article I mentioned, Dave, we've been doing it on and off um, since about Arsenal, I believe, um, just where, where we've been playing with a, a flat three in the front phase of the press um, with behind another three behind it. You would have, um, initially it was Brendan Aronson dropping from the front four into the midfield three. Um, but then we've, we've seen in the pre, the mini pre-season games that we had, it's been, it's been Brendan Aronson, who's been in the attacking free in the center spot, being the the main central presser, taking the role of the striker in the press. And with Rodrigo moving to the right and in in the last night, Woody Noncho on the left. So yeah, I think this was something which March is trying to do to try to, give us a bit more width in defensive situations I think it's an attempt to shore things up a little bit I I don't think it's working very well but it was Man City who were playing so we'll have to see if it's better against a team more of our level but we've done better against a better team this season so who knows What, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think the reason for it, um the reason for having the three in the midfield is so that when the ball is moved out wide that, that the full back isn't left quite so exposed that we can get we can get um players over to press in those wide areas a little bit more easily than you can if it's just a double pivot sat there. So I, I can I can totally see see the logic for it. It does it does like offer a more even distribution um across the pitch. Um whether whether it was Effective or not, I guess is something that we're going to come on to in a minute because we are going to start to unpick the defensive performance in a little bit more detail. But, but like notionally, I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with us moving into a four three three in a kind of off the ball um, setting, um, except that I I don't know how how it influenced our attacking play. And I know we are going to come on to talk about that more in in, in detail in a minute. But it it felt to me, I guess, with having the notional three lines, you know, coming out into attacking phases from, from, from three lines of four, three and a three, rather than a kind of, um, rather than, uh, like four lines of the four, two, three, one. And I, albeit I do understand that we went to a four, two, four quite often in that, in that situation. It, it felt to me like, like it kind of did reduce our, our attacking threat such as it is, which I don't think it's tremendous anyway. Um, so I, I guess, I guess, for me the jury is very much still out on whether that's going to be an effective way forward and um you know we've made the point a lot of times that that the games against you know Liverpool, Arsenal, City, Chelsea and while it is nice to get results in those games if we can or to to keep them respectable as it was last night I suppose those aren't the games that are going to define the season in the end because um we, we need to find a way to beat teams who are who are around us and and to do that, we're going to need to generate more attacking threat than we've been able to. So I know we are going to come on to that in a minute. So I'm going to move on from that for now, um, because I wanted to talk a little bit more about the defensive performance, actually, Martin. Because there's been a narrative that we restricted City's chances. And in his post-match interview, in both post-match interviews that I've seen, Jesse Marsh said that he felt that we were stable uh, defensively in the first half. I really didn't see that I really didn't see that um, and City's XG was up there with the games where we've seen elite teams score 6 and 7 against us so how do you assess the defensive performance Martin because I think we slightly disagreed during the first half uh, in the group chat yesterday um, about about how stable Leeds looked because I felt we were quite porous um, and if I remember correctly I think you felt that we were a bit more stable than I did so how did, how did you read it?
2: Um, well, initially, that on the first instance of having the game, that I did feel like we did do reasonably well in certain moments um, defending, but there's sometimes only so much you can do against a player like Erling Haaland um, with the pace that he's got, especially when he's up against uh, Liam Cooper and Robin Cock, who aren't the fastest players. He did make it look frightening, frighteningly easy, but... I wouldn't. After the second rewatch, I wouldn't call us stable. Um, we put up. Sorry, Man City put up a lot of XG in that game. I think it was either close to four XG or possibly just slightly exceeding four XG, which is a lot of XG. Seriously. <laughs>
1: and for, for for context, that is that is the same that Liverpool put up against us in that game at Anfield when they scored six. Exactly. And and the same as City put up against us at the Etihad when they scored seven. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, there are thereabouts, right? Exactly. And just to put it in perspective, um that
2: is actually the highest XG that um Man City have put out this season in the Premier League. Um yeah. four point three against us, which was some some more than four, and the closest to that was against Nottingham Forest, which was three free, and they beat Forest six nil. So yeah. it's it's clear that it was not a stable defensive performance to me. Mm.
1: Mm, I agree and and I I think that one of the things that um we're seeing is a bit of outcome bias because because the scoreline ended up relatively close just 3-1 um but a couple more of those chances going um as as they have done in other games where leads have been hammered by big teams or in other games where city have run over um you know teams who are uh, who are not as high in the table and it, it suddenly looks very different does it so <laughs> i think there there is a danger of, of of us kind of looking at this and going well you know it's city you know they only beat us 3-1 kind of thing um but but i i just felt that we were vulnerable at all times and and city really didn't look like they got out of second gear to me they looked like they kind of walked through the game and it was it was only a matter of time so martin how does how acceptable does well it's city what do you expect because i've heard that a lot right um and i've seen that a lot so it's city what do you expect how how acceptable a sentiment does that feel to you
2: uh, I can understand the reasoning for that sentiment, because they are a frighteningly good team, of a team which has been put together with a lot of money, and by arguably be the best manager in the world, so it's I can understand why people are reaching to that narrative, because it's easy to do so, um, but considering our other performances against other better sides in the league, um, I think we should be a little bit disappointed with um, what what we did. Not saying we should have beat them, but I do feel that we should have created more chances ourselves. Um, if we if we're not at least limiting cities and not scoring chances, we need to at least be putting up chances ourselves. In in the opposite to that, which we mm. did, we didn't do. Um, there was just mm. only the one chance, which was decent, which was the one which Joffi had. I initially saw it mm. was a pretty big chance, but on rewatch, it, it's not as easy as it looks because no. he, he's on the stretch, it's very hard for him to get any sort of weight on the on the shot and targeting it into the, the right area. He just literally gets as much on it as he could and it was unlucky but wasn't a big chance. And I do think considering some of the other problems we have had against Arsenal and Liverpool, where although we didn't deserve to win against Liverpool, we did still put up a very good performance in comparison to the one last night.
1: I think, I think for me, the, the, the problem isn't so much that it's City, what do you expect? Um, because yeah, I do, I do expect City to beat most teams in the division, if not every team in the division on, on a good day. The problem for me is not that, that we perform this way against City. The problem for me is that we don't perform appreciably better against teams who are much worse than City. So this City game doesn't feel like an outlier. It feels like it's 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 just another game in which we've been bad. Um, and all, because it's a game where you'd expect us to be bad, I think people are giving it a bit of an easy pass. Um, and I, I don't know how that sounds to you. Maybe I'm being harsh. It's, it's entirely possible, but... But to me, it feels like, you know, that if, if, if we'd have been much better, um, you know, like remembering, yeah, we beat Bournemouth, but they should have won that game, Fulham beat us at Elland Road. Um, you know, to perform. we've put up some really stinky performances this season. And just because this, this stinky performance happened to be against a good team, I think people have been generous and not looking at it in the wider context. What do you make of that? I'd agree with that.
2: Um, It is the fact that um, it's been many, as you say, stinky performances from us, especially in the first half. Um, The way we had tried to attack was (laughs) the plays into Man City's hands. It made it so, so easy for them because I think what we were looking to do is um, hit the ball long and try to win second balls and then try to get further forward from there, create a bit of chaos, mm. but it just didn't work in that way at all. Um, we was playing it long for, for a lot in the first half, not really targeting it into any specific areas and it's clear that it didn't do anything because I think, did we have one shot in the first half? Um, we yeah, had one shot. One shot in the first half so that just shows all, all you need that what we was trying to do was not effective and wasn't likely to give us anything. Things did change up in the second half, but game state claxon yeah so
1: yeah well let, let's come yeah let's come on to that so so in, in your reading in the game martin what we were trying to do in the first half was what we generally try and do which is to try and move the ball forward quickly in central areas to try get players around the ball and to try and create chaos from there but but it seemed to me that what was happening was that we didn't have enough players in in attacking areas or in more advanced areas and <clears throat> city were just very very easily able to um to pick the ball off and even when we did manage to get players distributed in in a, in a way where we might cause them some problems every single time they were just able to play through it um is, is what is what it looked like um to me um and and I, and i guess that yeah the other thing is that as you as you've referenced there is that i've heard a bit of well you know we were the better team from 2-0 down or from 3-0 down type nonsense which i just i just I, I can never get my head around that because we do we do hear that so often you know that that Leeds have been the better team when they've been x number of goals down and i just think it's the most useless thing to be uh, the better team when you when you when the game's already lost um so yeah, I mean, how do you read that bit of, you know, where we, we scored a, a goal from a corner, which was a lovely delivery from Greenwood and a, and, a, and a good header from Strouk, and then and then we sort of huffed and puffed and sort of flapped around the box a bit. How, how do you read that kind of last section of the game? Is there anything to take from it, or is it just a case of, well, it was, you know, City were kind of sitting back a bit, you know, we got a, a little bit of momentum... Um, or just kind of threw a bit of caution to the wind? How do, how do you read it? I think it's similar to what you said there. Um, I think it's
2: that the change started right from the start of the second half. I think that we did tried to do things differently in the second half. Um, I think we saw um, and tried to get Neonto onto the ball a little bit more the tried to get him receiving deeper and moving with the ball forward similar to Aronson as well I noticed um Aronson and him were creating some nice little movements on the left side and that was quite good for us in that half but mm. the, obviously when we did score our our goal it turned out to be a consolation goal it did give us a, a little kick up the ass and think oh well, maybe just maybe we can get something so they we, we tried that bit harder, and it's just—it's not nothing really to take from it. It's game day; it happens, and it's not really helpful to us to be no. a team that is only good when we're two goals down. Um, no. Because on, the, on this one, the only reason why we did look were able to create more was because the City aren't gonna sit back when the two goals are ahead. It's not like no. when we were playing against Bournemouth when when they were a few goals ahead and they sat back and we created nothing because of the way we were looking to attack they, they were sitting deep there was no space to attack but with City they, will. they won't They do that they won't sit back and just defend a lead because that's not what Pep's about he, he, similar to what we had when we were with Bielsa um, we wouldn't be a team to sit back and defend a lead So the advantage and disadvantages that he did give us at times but yeah I think the, we can't really take too much from it now
1: no I agree um I do want to cheer myself up though so let's talk about uh, Willian Nyonto for a minute or two. Um he's really fun isn't he? He's yeah. quickly becoming my becoming my favorite. Yeah, he's been a
2: a right bright spark in a otherwise mediocre um viewing at the moment. Um I just love some of the things he's able to do He's just got his low center of gravity and the way he uses his body to outwit defenders is just thing of beauty at times. Um, he just, he, he's, he's so quick to turn and attack and he's just always so positive about what, what he's doing no matter the situation. And you, you saw that even in the first half. The only few little bits that we had in the first half was down to him trying yeah. trying to be positive and trying to get us forward. And we played, in, played into that in the second half, which was why we, we did better. We even moved Aronson more over to the left side so he had someone to help him. So yeah, I think it's definitely something we can look to is to try to focus through him more because it's clear that he's got a lot of talent
1: I agree I I, I do agree that he's got a lot of talent and he he does have all those attributes that you described there Martin but one of the things that I really like about him is that I think his decision making is excellent and like his decision making around whether to you know try and uh, drive with the ball to try carry to try and or whether it's about retention in that moment or whether it's you know whether it's about just trying to hold the ball up and try and get some people around him before he does something um, before he makes that decision, I, ju- I just think he's 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 an incredibly smart player, particularly for someone who's who's so young. So I'm I'm really excited to see what happens with him for the for the rest of the season. What what were the other bright points of the game, Martin? For you, if there were any? Uh, well, I did did like some of the
2: things that Adam Forshaw did in the first half. Um, I always enjoy a little pirouette from Forshaw, just where he just subtly moves the ball away from someone pressed him and that was nice I think he did it about two or three times in the first half uh, I think a couple of times it didn't quite work but with those sort of players you have got the risk of losing the ball when you are trying those sort of things but the positives generally outweigh the negatives when the, when it comes off so yeah I enjoyed Farshaw um, I enjoyed Strout's goal of course I always love to see our sexy pirate get on the, on the on the score sheet and he's been doing it a little bit more recently which is even nice nicer to see um, other than that, uh, Sam Greenwood had a couple of bright sparks in the second half, which I liked. Um, just sort of where, he, where he set up joffy for his opportunity to score. That was a nice uh, ball from him. Um, but I'm not sure about you. Was anything else you enjoyed?
1: Uh, enjoyed click booting Grealish, <laughs> uh, and and I love Jack Grealish, but I did. But but I am very happy to see people boot him too. Uh, particularly when it's a fun booking like that one. Um, and i did I did enjoy you know that that when alien and click came on they sort of looked to keep hold of the ball a bit, which, which seems terribly old fashioned um <laughs> in, in this system does but um but it's it is something that that i i enjoy um and particularly given that there'd been an absence of it um previously so um and obviously melier made some made some good good saves um, in, in the one-on-one situations, which, he, you know, it, it feels a bit redundant almost to say that Melier is good in a one-on-one at this point, but I think it, I think it is worth, uh, worth worth reminding ourselves of that.
2: I do also think that he was very good coming off his line as well. There were a few other opportunities which he squashed quite quickly by yeah. coming quickly off his line. I think he, he positioned himself well to be able to come out to those sort of moments.
1: I mm, I agree. I agree, and and you know, I think I think the other thing that's worth saying is that I've seen a lot of uh, criticisms of indiv- individual performances. Mark Rocker, notably, has taken a lot of taken a lot of hammer, um, and I just think for a player like Rocker in that in that system in that game with the options that he had on with the ball at his feet, so very often there was just nothing nothing doing. Um and so I think that whilst yeah, we can say he gave the ball away sloppily a few times and I wouldn't disagree with that. I do also think that it is worth noting that, that you know, when a player's got the ball at his feet and and all you can basically throw a duvet over the rest of his teammates. Um I don't know what, what, what you'd expect him to do in that situation, particularly uh, particularly with the team as as good as City are at counter pressing, like they they're gonna rip you up if you if you um not able to use the ball. Effectively in those situations. Anyway, um, that's enough of me defending Mark Rocker. Uh, apropos of nothing. Um, question five. And this is uh, this is one that I thought was worth asking because I've been thinking about this myself a little bit. Um, and it's a question from uh, Jackie Buckets. And Jackie, uh, the first part of Jackie's question is, do you actually enjoy being in the Premier League?
2: That's a tough question, is that? Um, because... I think I did um, for the first season and for parts of the of the second season, um, and it's tough now because because it's hard, so hard for me to enjoy when I'm not enjoying the football. Um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the, the, being a Premier League side, but what does that really mean? <laughs> Biggest league in the world and all that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard question to answer really <laughs> but probably mm. less than I was at the moment mm. but things can change um quite quickly on the, in
1: this league so we'll have to see what happens from now see if I can get back to enjoying it i just don't know if i can enjoy being in a division where where the inequality uh, in the division is so baked in um to, to the structure of it um and for all those years that we were out of the premier league for those 16 years I desperately wanted to get back. But then as soon as Huddersfield scored that second goal, and this is absolutely genuinely true, uh, Huddersfield scored the second goal, which confirmed Leeds promotion, and I was jumping around the room and screaming and happy and all the rest of it like everyone else was. And then I sat down and my wife said to me, Oh, you can get to complaining about the Premier League in a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah she, she knows me very well she knows me very well so I, I guess for me like obviously I want Leeds to play at the highest level possible but I also like the feeling of going to games and feeling like I might some, see something enjoyable and I think if you're not one of the top teams the Premier League discourages managers from doing something expansive and fun because it's all about attrition and trying to get, get points on the board and and it makes people risk averse, and and um, I think that's that's the thing for me is that that yeah when when you know even when we were crap under Bielsa last season I still felt that there was a possibility that we might click one day and have a really good have a good time, and I just don't feel like a good time is coming anytime soon um, at the moment, and that's that's partly to do with my view of Marsh's football, of course it is. But also, it's it's symptomatic of the of the division, and I don't entirely blame Marsh, um, for that. You know, for that. So, for for me, you know, like. I'm thinking, oh, it'd, been, it'd be quite nice to go back to the Championship with a team full of fun kids. Yeah, I've <laughs> you know? heard
2: that a lot and it is quite an appealing idea. Uh, just to, But it also would depend heavily on what the manager was that we had to, have, course, to man- course manage course these would. fun kids. Of, it
1: course, it of good, course it was. It could be good, it could be awful. <laughs> well, because because of course the same thing that happens at the bottom of the Premier League then extends down to the Championship, doesn't it? Which is about, well, we can't take the risks on these kids because we need to get promoted yada 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 you know you get promoted from the championship by playing pragmatic football by picking up points by being consistent all that boring crap you know that 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 we have to put up with but anyway i just thought it was an interesting question uh thanks thanks jackie okay so that concludes the review of the city game unless there's anything burning martin which you wanted to talk about which i haven't asked you about
2: Oh, no, there's nothing I can think of that we haven't discussed already. Um, No, I'm happy to move on to Newcastle.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Perfect. All right, let's talk about Newcastle United then. So, uh, Martin, I haven't had the opportunity to watch uh, Newcastle. Um, and I I do apologise for that. So I am relying on your preview of them. Um, so how how did Newcastle play these days? Because um, yeah, they're, they're they're an interesting they're an interesting team. I remember when they came to Elland Road last year, uh, and they were just I think that Eddie Howard really just taken over. They were playing as narrow as Leeds do now, right? In in the way that, and, and and that's how compact they were. And the, and then they you know they picked picked up that win. Um, in one of Bielsa's final games uh, oh, be- before it all really fell apart for Bielsa anyway um, so I've not really watched them a lot since then so tell me how they play these days
2: uh, well um, shape wise they play a 4 Um, 3 they are quite aggressive um, off the ball um, I wouldn't say they're quite as intense as what what we are, but they are still very um, aggressive off the ball. They do like to press high, um, but they also can fall back into a mid-block and a, quite a solid mid-block as well, I'd say. Uh, they do like to mix up their attacking threat, sometimes they go along to their very talented wide, wide players and uh, just to pick out a name there, Almiron especially has been fantastic for them this season. He's mm-hmm. um, their lead, lead, leading scorer and he just... He's, I'm not not sure where this Almiron has, has come from.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? I've I've always, I've always thought Almiron was had the potential to be really fun. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that he's that he's doing that this season. Yeah, exactly. anyway, carry on.
2: Yeah, and so the sometimes we'll go long to their talented wide players, but then other times we'll get some some overloads going with short passes, especially on the right side when t- t- Trippier is more involved. Um, Bruno Gimaraes, if I'm saying that right, probably butchering it. Um, Does a lot of good stuff for them from deep. Um, He's got a good long ball on him. He can switch the ball very well, which I'm sure is ringing the alarm bells in your ears, Darren. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Armor, as I said before, is probably their biggest attacking threat, but they do have threats in other areas as well, so we we would be silly to just focus on him. Um, I'm not sure if Alan saint Maximan is uh, fit at the moment, but if he is, he's another potential threat who we'll have to deal with. Joel Inton, he is also another one who is Mm. very threatening. (laughs) I could keep going for a while. There's a very fun team with lots of threats spread throughout their side.
1: Mm-hmm and how how do you expect them to approach this game um who who have you watched them against well i watched um about
2: the, I watched the first half against uh leicester the one that was on boxing day um and i also watched the most of the game against southampton i just wanted to, to pick a side who was at least similarish to us and that's the sort of best one I could f- find, which was closest to when, we, when we're playing, sort of playing a similar way. Um, but I, I'd imagine with the game being at St. James's Park that he will be pretty foot, they'll be pretty confident in their attack. They'll probably be pressing high. Um, but I don't expect them to necessarily seeking control of the possession. Um, I think they'll be happy to go over our press rather than play through it. But, I do also think that they have some players who are capable of playing through it when they need to. Um, But I think they're more likely to spread the play around with switches and clipped balls to wide players. And if I was how, I would want to get as many of my best dribblers on the pitch as possible. As we all know, we are very vulnerable to pacey, tricky dribblers. So if he's available, I would expect Sam Maximam to be playing alongside Joe Linton. And I think Joe Willock as well. He's also very dangerous from, from from carrying the ball. So I would expect them to have a lot of fun dribblers for our defenders
1: to deal with. And in terms of the Leeds structure, are you expecting a continuation of what we saw um, against City? So that kind of 4-3-3 in defensive um, structures and then moving into what, what would it be more like? A 4-2-diamond or a 4 2 3 one into the attacking phase. I mean, I know they can be very similar in any case, but...
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it will be a continuation of what we saw against City because we saw it a bunch in the mini preseason that we had. So I would imagine that it will continue with that sort of shape. So the four three three out of possession, which, like you say, morphs into it. it's either It's hard to, to nail it down, but it's, I, I've seen it as best as either a four four two 2 diamond mm. or a four four one one. Um, Especially in the second half when we had Nonto coming quite deep, it did get quite far in shape across across the middle, I felt. And then you also had um, Sam Greenwood on the other side. He was getting quite wide in certain parts as well. So I do think that there's potential for it to look something like that. But yeah, I can't imagine the shape would be too much different now.
1: It's it's really difficult to assess what our shape was going forward last night because we had so little of the ball, isn't it? Even in the second half, we had you know uh, little, okay, so that that that, that seemed, makes sense. And you know, it feels like we're still lacking a number nine, given that Bamford's gone to the gone gone to the hospital again, um, or is broken, or you know, I, I, we we really do miss him, but. Um, But, it, yeah, so what do you expect the the team to be?
2: Uh? I would expect it to be quite similar to the City game, to be honest. Um, yeah. Possibly a Harrison come in, but I can't see who would come out because Neonta had a good game. Um, He never, he never takes Aronson out of the side, so he will not be going anywhere, and I don't think he'll take Rodrigo out of the side either. So I, I do think at least the attacking players will be the same. I would imagine the defence will be the same. The only exception will be Tyler Adams probably coming in for Adam Farshaw. Um, I think that'll be the only real change that we'll see. I'm not sure what you think on that.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Where, where are Newcastle vulnerable? Where can we get at them? Where are their weaknesses? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> but one, okay. From what
2: I've watched, I couldn't see any major vulnerabilities that we could try to exploit. Um, they seem quite solid in most areas, but if I did have to, if you twisted my me, arm I and you had to pick an area, I'd probably say attacking their right side when Trippier is, Trippier is further forward. Um, most of our best attacking plays on our left side anyway, so if we so even we focus on that, to try to get down that flank quickly, we may be able to get some joy. And also, one other little thing—I'm not sure if it's any, but looking at, over FB Ref earlier, I noticed that. Um, they had they conceded the second most chances following a dribble, so that may possibly mean that they may be weak to direct dribbling, so if we can, but that's something our players do anyway in attacking areas, so that will be something we should be targeting, that's just what we do. Um,
1: give it, give it, give <laughs> it to
2: exactly. Willie. Exactly, just, just give it to Willie yeah. and let him ball, that's um, probably the best thing I can say to try to hurt them.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, describe what you expect watching this game of football to be like, Martin.
2: Not fun for us. (laughs) No, but yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, If we look as lacklustre as we did against City with the ball, we will struggle to create chances. We... Could see a pretty open match with attacks going from both sides, with us not being able to create much. Um Newcastle generally don't concede much XG against. In nine of their games this season, they've limited their opponents to uh, less than 0.8 XG, and in four of those games, less than not 0.5. So they, they really do have a good way of c- keeping opponents limited and not letting them create good chances. Um I do expect them to be a threat from set pieces, uh, Kieran Trippier is one of the best set-piece deliverers in the league and they have a number of threats from the, these sort of situations, including one of John's faves, Dan Byrne. Oh, yeah! yeah.
1: God, I, for- I completely forgot about yeah. him. Oh, it bit, be nice to hear John talking about Dan Byrne, wouldn't it? Yeah,
2: that's, uh, Dan Byrne, he's been playing at left-back for Newcastle, actually. Um, oh, crikey. Yeah, th- th- it's, it's, it looks solid. Obviously, he doesn't go as far, as far forward as what uh, Trippi does on the other side. Um, but no. he's, he's a f- fun player, Stan Um So, yeah, they've created the uh, 42 dead ball chances, which is uh, joint second in the league. So, uh, um, so, yeah, if we don't see a, a set-piece goal or at least a few set-piece opportunities for them, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Okay, so wh- wh- where will the game be, won or lost, Martin? It'll be won by at least one Vintage Leeds
2: 2022 far post space drifter, although I like to coin them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> additionally, whichever team makes the most of their opportunities with the ball, um, that's the uh, main thing I'll say. It's, I think it'll be pretty even as to who will dominate possession, like I said, Newcastle don't generally look to possess the ball massively, yeah. they do uh, they'd like to mix up the play. And if I see anything to go by,
1: it'll end up be Newcastle, taking the most of these opportunities. Okie dokes. Well, that sounds like it's going to be fun. fun. Um, okay, so thanks very much, Martin. So, listeners, we'll be um, back at the weekend um, with a review of the ma- will it be the weekend what day is the game on what day is it um, yes, oh, we're, we're, we're in that bit between Christmas and New Year where I've got absolutely no idea what day it is it's Thursday isn't it and the game's on Saturday yeah. so yeah we'll, we'll review it on Sunday I would imagine yeah. um, so we'll be back on Sunday with a review of the match um, but until then do uh, enjoy the game and have a great week